I want you to repeat these words after me, but believe the words coming out of your mouth. Say, Father in heaven, heaven. thank you for this word. word. It is the absolute truth, and I believe it. It is your personal love letter to me, and I receive it. It's the answer to my questions and the answer to the world's issues. Lord, tonight, my ears are ready to hear your word. My heart is ready to receive your word. And I, by faith, am ready to be a doer of the word, no matter what comes my way. Now, Father, as we approach your word tonight, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer, I pray that I would only say what you would have me say tonight, and I would only do what you would have me do. We ask these things tonight in the name of Jesus, and everyone who agreed said, amen. Amen. Well, we're going to start off our service a little different tonight. What I want you to do is, is just right where you are, without falling asleep, I want you to close your eyes. I have to come around and wake you up, I will. And don't worry, we're not going to do anything weird, so just close your eyes right where you are. I want to take you on a journey, a journey I know nothing about, but you do. I want to take you back to that day when you first met Jesus. Back to that day. Oh, you're already getting excited. Okay. Back to that day when God first revealed to you how much he loved you. When you first knew there's nothing you could actually do to earn this love, but he loved you anyway. Are you there? Do you remember the moment? Do you remember the feelings? Okay, look up at me. How many of you remember that first week you were saved? Some of you are giggling. You remember that first week that you were saved. You know who you were back then. Let me ask you a question. As you went back to that moment just a few seconds ago, shout out me some of the feelings that you remember being in that moment. Joyful, amazed, love, peace, freedom, overwhelmed, bondage, broken, Mm. awake, okay, healing, good, hope, God, close to Jesus for the first time. Clarity, purpose, a new heart, deliverance, home, you f- whole, you feel whole because you add home. No, I'm just kidding. You feel whole. You whole. Yes, you're whole. Okay. Now follow me. Flash forward to the future and find yourself right where you are right now. How many of you long for the feelings of those early days when you first met Jesus? How many of you still feel that way all the time? (laughs) Oh, yeah, Pastor Kurt! Woo! (laughs) Oh, you said all the time. Okay, whoa! (laughs) But you remember that first week when you were saved, man? Like, people thought, this dude or this girl is crazy, man. What are they smoking? What are they drinking? What is wrong with this person? You are not the person I once knew. What happens to us? Because that experience we had maybe 20, 10, 5, 30, 40 years ago, that is just a taste of what God desires for us on our daily 
Christian walk. So if we're not experiencing that joy and that freedom, my question tonight is, what happened to us? You see, if we're not careful, if we're not careful, at the beginning we experience the freedom and God's love And all of a sudden, the more time we spend with the Lord, the more time we spend in the scriptures, the more time we spend at church, we begin to get this idea that we have to take some type of ownership and responsibility over our salvation and righteousness. And so we begin to work. We begin to strive. If we're not careful, we take God's free gift of salvation and grace and we slip back into religion. I'm going to talk to you about religion tonight, but I want to define religion as this, and you can go ahead and bring it up on the screens if you can follow along with me. We're talk about being free from religion. Now, many of us, we know in the United States of America, we have the freedom of religion, and that allows us and enables us to express our worship. But I want to talk to you tonight about freedom from religion. Now, before you start throwing stones at me, let's define religion. Tonight, I want to define religion as this. Next slide. Our efforts to earn God's love, acceptance, and righteousness. So when we talk about religion tonight, this is what we're talking about. See, many of us, we long for those days when we first got saved. And we think that they're almost impossible to go back to that feeling. We'll just have to wait till we get to heaven. No, we have good days. We experience God's peace. We experience God's joy. But as Christians, we can easily settle into the habit of religion. And we're working by our own efforts to earn something that God has already provided for us. And we knew it back when we got saved. And then all of a sudden, we begin to slip in to the work. So as we talk about religion tonight, this is what I'm talking about. Our efforts to earn God's love, acceptance, and righteousness. Now with that being said, would you follow me to the book of Matthew chapter 11? And we're going to go to verse 28. If you're there, just shout at me and say, I got it. Come to me. Now, who is speaking here? Who is speaking here? Good. We ought to know that. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. That's the work right there. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now many of us in our Christian walk, we use that as sort of like a go-to reference for when we're having a bad day. When we're really worn out. Lord, I've been working so hard. I'm so tired. I just need to rest in you. And that's true. But I want to bring you tonight to the context in which Jesus is writing here. Because, see, theologians have done the work, and they found out what Jesus is actually talking about here. See, Jesus was talking to a people who were bogged down and burdened by Jewish legalistic religion. And they were trying to obtain their faith and grace and righteousness and love and acceptance from God. And Jesus is showing up on the scene here, and he's saying, listen, this has nothing to do with religion when you come to me. It can't be something you do by your own efforts. So stop striving. Stop trying. 
but come, come to me. I think the message translation really lays this out very, very well. Go ahead, let's bring up the message translation. Are you tired? Worn out? All of you, yes, amen. (laughs) Okay, now, are you tired? Worn out? Watch this. Burned out on religion. What is it? It's our own efforts. It's our own efforts. Come to me and get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Watch this now. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Is that good or what? You know, when we got saved, God quickened our spirit. He showed us how much he loved us. I remember that moment. I remember where I was. I was five, and then again, I was 18 when I rededicated. And I remember God revealing to me, he is real, and he loves me. And at the moment that I was 18 years old, I was in such rebellion. I was in such sin. And it was at that moment that I realized he still reached out and touched me. He still reached out and showed me his love. And I was was cursing him. I was mad at him. I didn't want anything to do with him. And he would not relent on his love for me. Personally, Pastor Kurt, he wouldn't relent on his love for me. And you know what's amazing is even still with that, to this day, I have to be honest with you, sometimes I still struggle. God, do you really love me? God, do you, do you really accept me? I'm just being true tonight. I'm just being honest. Am I the only one in the room that feels like that? Why? What happens? I knew it back at 18. I knew it back at five. You knew it when you first got there. What happened? I want to look at the first thing that I believe happened tonight. What are the first words out of Jesus' mouth right here? He says, come to me. I think we've stopped coming to him. Come to me. See, he didn't say, okay, this is what you got to do. You got to go. You did. You, you know what? You really messed up. You really messed up. I know that you're my son. You're my daughter, but you really messed up. You're going to have to go out there and get clean, and then you can come back and see me. He said, come to me. Come to me. All you who have been striving, all you who are burdened and bogged down with the labor of trying to work for your salvation, come to me. It's awesome to pause and look at what Jesus is actually saying in three words. Come to me. I don't know about you, but once God quickened my spirit and I realized, okay, he loves me and now I'm ready to do this thing. The automatic response was, I surrender, right? As soon as I see how much he loves me, I surrender. As soon as I see that he's willing to forgive me, I surrender. I don't want to run anymore from him. I know what that's like and I'm not going back there. But all of a sudden as I grow in my Christian walk, if I'm not careful, I begin to think that this is something he wants me to do on my own. I now have a responsibility. I now have an ownership that I have to take over my righteousness and my salvation, But what does Ephesians say? Ephesians says you have been saved by grace, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, 
lest any should boast. Not by works. Not by works. And so if we started in grace, how are we now going to turn it into works? I want you to know tonight that Jesus is the one who said, if anyone wants to follow me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And I want you to know tonight that that cross is not something that you have to bear alone. Jesus told us to take up our cross, but I want to show you some things tonight that are going to help you see that that is not yours to carry alone, and I'm going to prove it to you before we're done tonight. The next thing that Jesus says here, if you look at verse 29, is he says, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. Now, Jesus is not talking about cracking eggs and letting the yoke run all over your head. <laughs> That's a different kind of yoke. It's even spelt different. We're not an agricultural society, and maybe we don't know what a yoke is, but don't say anything. How many of you, how many of you know what a yoke is? Okay, well, we're going to take a look. For those of us who don't know, we're going to talk about what a yoke is tonight. Okay, let's go up with this picture here. This is a yoke, okay? This might, might have been a yoke of oxen. And so what they, they would do is they would take two bulls, two oxen, two horses, and they would put them in there together so that they could plow until the ground, and they would go through. Or they might be dragging something else, dragging a carriage. Let's take a look at what it actually looks like with some, some bulls in there, Okay. So what I want to, those are happy looking cows, aren't they? <laughs> it's, it's good in church to put pictures of cows up. It makes everybody laugh. It's like, man, there's a cow up on the screen. You see that? This dude's crazy. Sure is. What does this yoke represent? You can pull down the cows, otherwise everyone will be lost for the rest of the night. I want you to know today that, first of all, what's this yoke made of? I just think that's kind of random. Because what is the yoke of Jesus. What is the yoke he's talking about? The yoke is his cross. The yoke is his cross. Because the cross represents God's faithfulness to us and Jesus' faithfulness to God. When Jesus is saying, take my yoke upon you, he's saying, I'm already there. I'm just waiting for you to step in. Yes, take up, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, but I'm right here with you to carry this yoke, to carry this load. It is not something that you have to carry on your own. Take my yoke. I've already got the yoke. I've already got the cross. I've already demonstrated my faithfulness. You can't earn that. I'm going to give it to you, so come on and link up with me and put my yoke upon you, and let's go at this together. Let's go at this together. Not on your own. You see, the Savior of the world, I would like to argue something to you. He himself didn't carry his cross alone. And I believe that God was very strategic in what he was doing. If you read your Bible, you know that Simon of Cyrene was compelled by the Roman guards to bear the cross with Jesus. I want you to know tonight that you don't have to work by your own efforts for righteousness, God's love and acceptance. It is there. It's provided for you. And Jesus is telling you tonight, I will be your Simon of Cyrene. I will come up alongside you and I will help you carry out this faith walk that I have called you to. It is not something that you and I are supposed to do alone. He's linked up with us. He's going to do it with us. He said, take my yoke upon you. 
Let's keep reading in verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Here he now defines his yoke. He says, my yoke is easy. Everyone say easy. And excuse me, and my burden is light. I want to pause. I want to talk about how God's, uh, Jesus' yoke is easy. He says, my yoke is easy. Now, when you look this up in the Greek, it's a very interesting word. It means a true fit. It means a true fit. So that yoke was designed for you. Okay, don't miss what I'm saying. It's a true fit. In other words, what I'm trying to communicate to you is that the life that we might have lived in the world before Christ is not what we were created for, is not what we were designed for. And the lie of the enemy is, come on back to the world, it's so much easier. That's a lie. That's a trap. We were made to walk out this faith. It's a true fit. It's a true fit. It's easy. It's a true fit. It's not heavy. It's an easy yoke. So when I look at this word yoke, uh, easy, and I look at it, I tend to think of like a, a car engine and motor oil. I'm going to explain this to you in a second because it makes sense to me, but I want to make sure I can communicate it effectively. This idea of his yoke being easy. How many of you know you don't have to remind yourself to put gas in the car because you just go out to your car, and if it doesn't start, you realize, oops, forgot to put gas in the car, Right? Okay, so we have to, we know we need to regularly put gas in our car. Just like we know we need to regularly read our word, pray, and come to church. Those aren't the reminders we usually need. What do we need the reminder for? Well, when you go to the mechanic every three to 5,000 miles, what do they do? They change your oil, right? And what, how do they remind you? They throw a little sticker up on your left-hand windshield. Why? Because the oil is very important to your engine. While you need gas every week to drive a few hundred miles, you need the oil in the engine. You can't see what it's doing. But the job of the oil is to lubricate all the parts of the engine so that everything flows smooth and easy. Smooth and easy. Look at this is what Jesus is saying. See, if you don't change your oil, I don't know if there's any mechanics in the house, but if you don't change your oil, your engine will begin to seize up. The pistons don't have the oil that they need to slip back and forth and go back and forth. And gunk and junk and corrosion starts to develop. And the engine will seize up. And that might be why some of us have started out in the faith, feeling that joy, that freedom. But all of a sudden, we forgot that we're supposed to get fresh oil. We forgot that we're supposed to get a fresh oil some of us need an oil change, and so we've been working real hard because the engine works over time when you don't have the proper amount of grease and lubrication in there. It creates a lot of friction. We begin to feel friction in our lives when we don't have that oil change, when we don't have that fresh oil. Let me bring this together here for you. What Jesus is saying is, come to me. Stop your striving. Stop your working. Stop your dead religion and come to me. Just come to me as you are. I'm going to make it light. I'm going to make it easy for you. It's going to be like driving that car that always has fresh oil, that's always filled to the top with gas. It's not going to be perfect. You still hit bumps in the road. You still got routine maintenance on the car, but the inside is running all well. Inside's running real good. You know what I'm saying? It's running real, real good because you got that oil change. You got that gas going. You all set. You guys following me tonight? You see what Jesus is saying here? We need this. We need to be free from religion tonight. And again, freedom 
in religion. Religion we're defining as our efforts to earn or obtain God's righteousness, love, and acceptance. Let me tell you a little bit about motor oil because I found this out. I thought this was pretty cool. So it prevents excessive wear on parts. It cleans the surfaces, keeps the engine cool. It inhibits corrosion and keeps the engine sealed properly. Watch this. His yoke will prevent excessive wear on your parts. He'll clean your surface as well as every part of you. He'll keep you cool. He'll protect against, he'll protect against corrosion and keep you sealed properly so that you don't blow your lid. You see that? You see that right there? You want to do that again? Because I kind of want to do that again. Motor oil prevents excessive wear on parts. It cleans the surfaces, keeps the engine cool, inhibits corrosion, and keeps engines sealed properly. I had likened Jesus' yoke to motor oil because it will prevent excessive wear on your parts. It will clean the surface as well as the whole part of you. He will keep you cool. He will protect you against corrosion. And he will keep you sealed properly so that you don't blow your lid. We need to come back to Jesus for that fresh oil because his yoke is easy. If I think back to what it said in the message translation, it said, Jesus himself said, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. That word easy is defined in the Greek as a true fit. This faith walk that we're called to is what we're made for. And because we're made for it, God, by the power of his Holy Spirit, will equip us. And Jesus is coming up alongside us to endure with us. Amen? Let's go back to verse 29. Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I want to talk to you about rest tonight. Again, as we started tonight, I said that many of us look to the Scripture and we say, okay, that's really, really a good resource when I'm worn out in life. But remember, Jesus is talking about being worn out on religion, being worn out on our own efforts. He's saying, I'm going to give rest to your souls when you come to me. Now, sometimes in the Bible, that's why it's good to do your research, sometimes in the Bible, the word soul is used for soul and the immortal spirit. Here, it is not used for the immortal spirit. It is used strictly for soul. We can understand our soul as our mind, our will, and our emotions. So when you got born again, it was the spirit inside of you that got born again. Your body didn't get born again, and your soul didn't get born again. That's why we need to renew our mind and discipline our bodies, right? Everyone with me? We are a spirit. We have a soul, and we live in a body. I know Pastor John's gone over this before. So when Jesus is saying this right here, you will find rest for your souls. He's not talking about an immortal home in heaven. He is talking about rest for your mind, will, and emotions. He's talking about the very natural you. Not the super spiritual, not the supernatural. He's talking about the natural you, your mind. How many of you know when you're striving to earn your walk with God, your mind is going crazy, your soul, like, oh man, I got to do this and I got to do that because if I don't do this, I'm not going to please God and I don't want to displease God because then, oh boy, I'm just going to be so much more far away from him. We're getting stuck in religion. How many of you know your emotions are out of whack when you're walking in religion? Jesus is saying here that my yoke, when you take my yoke upon you, is going to bring rest to your mind, will, and emotions. 
Man, isn't that good stuff? You see that with Jesus? He's going to bring rest. We can stop striving. That's the only thing I came to declare to you tonight. Let's be free from religion. We can stop striving. Let's just simply come to him. Rest for your souls. Let's finish out with verse 30. Jesus said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What is the burden of Jesus? Well, let me ask you a question. What was Jesus' burden while he was on the earth? A burden is something you have to carry. And what did Jesus carry? He carried his cross. And we already saw that the yoke is his cross, but I want to show you how the burden is his cross. Because it was at the point of the cross that God satisfied salvation and righteousness. So when Jesus is saying, my burden is light, he's saying, you don't ever again have to strive for salvation. You don't ever again have to strive for righteousness because at the point of the cross where my burden was met, I carried that for you. His burden is light. You see that? The burden is the cross. At the cross, we have salvation. At the cross, we have his righteousness. I want to share a few scriptures with you tonight. If you would follow me over to Romans chapter 8. As you turn to Romans chapter 8, we can't come to, we can't become righteous unless we come to the cross. The cross is the point of salvation. The cross is where God's righteous requirement of the law was fulfilled. And that's what we're going to see right here. Everybody still with me? Probably wouldn't tell me if you weren't anyway, so. Romans chapter 8, let's go to verse 1 together. Now, I want you to read this again in the context of what we talked about. We're talking about freedom from religion, and we've defined religion as our efforts to earn God's love, acceptance, and righteousness. Now let's read this together. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. That was at the cross right there. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. I want to bring this together because I'm saying that the burden of Jesus is his cross. And it is at the cross that we find our salvation and our righteousness. It is not in our works to the Lord that we earn our salvation. It is not in what we can do for him, how we can serve him in the body, how we can be an example on our workplace or on our street corner. It is at the cross that we receive salvation, and not only salvation, but it is at the cross that he paid the righteous requirement of the law so that we could be made righteous. We receive the free gift of righteousness at the cross. That's why Jesus is saying, come to me. Come to me. I have the righteousness you need. Stop trying to earn it. I have the acceptance you need. Just come. Just come right where you are. I've got it right here. I've already carried the cross. I've already took the burden. I'm going to show you how to do it now. 
And it's not going to be heavy on you like it was heavy on me. Because the righteous requirement of the law was already fulfilled in him. You don't have to fulfill nothing. All you have to do is come. He fulfilled it. All we have to do is come to him. I believe that God wants us set free from this religious nature because it inhibits his real work in our lives. It stops him from truly working in our lives. I'm on a journey myself to come out of religion. I think we just probably live in a very religious culture. I don't know if all parts of the world or all parts of the nation are like this, but I'm on a journey myself to come out of this religious theology, this religious thinking that keeps us and keeps me thinking there's a way that I could earn his love, earn his grace, earn his righteousness, and earn his acceptance. Last year as I was praying and talking to the Lord about this very thing, I really felt that God shared four words with me, and I, I taught the youth last summer this, but I, I felt God was sharing four words with me. He said to me, Kurt, you are accepted. You are loved. You are cherished, and you matter to me. I really felt like that's what the Lord was saying. That's exactly what I need to hear. Saying, Lord, how can I be accepted? And he brought me over to the scripture. See, he can accept me because he's paid the price to accept me. He wouldn't be righteous or just as Pastor John has taught us if he had just overlooked it. But see, he paid the price for us to be accepted so he can accept me. He can accept me. That's how I can come. In all of my striving and all of my mess, that's how I can come because I know that he accepts me. The same goes true for his love. He has paid the price. He has demonstrated his love for us. And that while we were sinners, not when we looked good, not on our best day, but on our worst, Christ died for us. In fact, it goes on to say that Christ died for the ungodly, those who despised him and cursed him, those who turned their back on him and hated him. He died for the ungodly. I believe that God wants to break off a religious spirit like he was doing in the time of the Jews. As we read that scripture tonight, again, Jesus was turning to a culture and trying to show them this religion, this law that you have put yourselves under is not what I have come to bring to you. The freedom that is in Christ is what he brought. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. If you would, let me pray for us tonight. Father, I thank you for everyone in this room. I thank you for each and every one of us. Lord, I pray that you would bring us to the place where we would truly know your love, where we would truly feel your acceptance where you would reach out and show us that we are cherished and that we matter to you. I pray for every individual in this room right now at the sound of my voice, everyone here listening. Lord, there might be someone in this room right now who needs a touch from you, who just needs to know that they're accepted, just needs to know that they're loved. Jesus, you said anyone who would come to you, you would by no means cast out. You would by no means turn away because all who have come to you have first been drawn by the Father. So, Lord, I thank you for every individual here in this room right now. Just pray you reach out, Holy Spirit, and please do a work on every heart right now. Now, Heavenly Father, by the power of your Spirit, I ask you to break off that religious yoke, 
break off that religious burden and bondage that has kept so many of us down and bring clear revelation of what you're saying here in this word, that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. It is not religion. It is a day-to-day walking relationship with Jesus. Show us that. Show us that, Lord. Thank you for that. Right now in Jesus' name.